Put your hands together. 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 that i've been always like coming out and then getting set up and then it's weird because it seems like you applaud but then it, then it does and then it, i start talking it just feels like you guys are that, you, that you're not invested <laughs> so I'm, I'm really i mean this is we've been doing this for like two and a half months and i'm ashamed of myself that i just figured out music like right now for the first time in my life how are you doing uh upright citizens brigade <laughs> theater on a tuesday night this woman responded audibly. She said, I'm good, which is nice. A lot of times you get woos and claps, but I do sometimes prefer just a straight shooter giving a full sentence. I like your attitude. Yeah, that's what I, that's what I know. She's shooting me finger guns. I am so bummed this is a podcast and not a television show because what I like about when you use a finger gun is you shut your other eye so as to aim better. And that is good marksmanship. <laughs> I'm Cameron Esposito. Did I say that? I'm Cameron Esposito. I'll be hosting the show tonight. We got a great show tonight. Clap it up for me. Clap it up for everybody on the show. You guys seem like you're ready to... Yeah, get on in here. Come on in. Come on in. Just please uh, have a seat right here. On the... Yes, I feel like you should go... Look at you, you little businessmen. Get right up there. Yeah. That's right. Come in. And I'm not saying that to... Sh you look really nice. Yeah, you don't... You know, uh, I wish that... Oh, well, welcome to the show on your first time here. And I will say, I really wish that more women could pull off, like, a white collar with a check shirt. Because we just... That's like... It's you and... It's men and Robin Wright. That's it. Those are the people that can pull off that look. I'm neither of those. Although I have been mistaken for... Uh, a man. No, just kidding. <laughs> Robin Wright. That's ne neither of those are true. I've, never, I've uh, pretty much only been mis I've, People just generally think it's me. Or that I'm nobody, you know? So it's just those two, mostly. Um, I had a crazy uh, experience this week. Well, okay, I'll start with a lighthearted experience this week. Yesterday, I saw somebody slip on a banana peel. <laughs> so this is real! <laughs> Sometimes you're 31, and then you're, you're, and then, good God, you know, your, your whole, your whole world is open. Well, Jesus fucking Christ. I honestly thought that was an elaborate ruse. Just thought up by one to two roadrunners. No, that shit's slippy. So that's, that was a big, that was a big moment in my life. You should come on up here. Yeah, it's all right. Uh, you, it's, it feels like you're, yeah, right over here. Yep, I'm talking to you. It's funny, they're cute. You want three seats. I don't know that there's three seats. It's okay. One of you can sit on the floor right in front of the other, and you get to pick whichever one is the worst. Um, and that person... Oh, you went for the back seat. How are you guys? Welcome to the show. How are you doing? Yeah, what were, what were you doing uh, at 8 o'clock when the show started? I'm just kidding. I'm just giving a shit. I don't know what I'm talking about. I'm Cameron Esposito. Uh, welcome to the show. I feel like I'm going to reintroduce. There was a couple, uh, there's a couple people here. Hello. Hi. Are you doing well today? You missed... Oh, a second ago, I was talking about how I saw somebody fall on a banana peel. 
So, you really missed a great joke. But I told it to you again, so no, you didn't. I'm glad you guys could be here. And I understand, hey, it's Los Angeles, traffic's tough, you know what I mean? Plus, coming to the UCB for the first time, you don't know, you know, you don't know where it is. What should I wear? Business suits. You'd be correct. All these cash folk, stop it. This guy's right. That guy's right. I also had a really intense experience, and I'm going to share it with you, and I just want you to uh, go with me on this. Um, I was walking down Sunset Boulevard, busy street here, uh, and off to the, there, there was like a side street, uh, off to the side, and there was a woman, uh, she was f uh, face down, with, well, with her body down, with her face a little bit turned, uh, on the street, and she had one black eye that was so swollen that it was completely shut. Like, I'd never seen a black eye like this in real life, like a cartoon black eye. And then the other eye was also black, but not as shut, like just a little bit open. And then she had a cut on her face. And she was laying on the ground. Now, when Los Angeles has a really intense homelessness issue, I think because it's so beautiful here all the time, there's like no reason to take cover. And so a lot of homeless people just like, I just live on this blanket. And they should be able to. Like, it, it's fine. They're... I'm happy uh, that, that homeless people can live outside here, but it also creates a really intense experience because you're walking by somebody who, doesn't, who hasn't sought services recently, and maybe Los Angeles doesn't even have those services. I don't know if LA as a city is just like, you're fine! You know, like, I don't know how we've just all agreed, like, that guy has a blanket, he's fine! Move along! You know, like, more money to making pilots, less money for this human being. Uh, but it's something we've all agreed on. It's very startling when you first move here, and then you just start to feel like, oh, that's just a really tan guy. Like, it's a weird <laughs> thing that you're not prepared to get used to, but you do get slightly used to it. And I was walking past this woman. I was with my girlfriend, and she actually noticed her first. She said, oh, my God, that woman has... She has, like, uh, cuts on her face and black eyes. And I... Do you, like, do you think she needs help? I mean, because there's a lot of moments where you wouldn't necessarily intervene, like a dude that's like burritoed himself and he's just laying, like, you feel like that's, that's just that guy's function. Like that, not, not his purpose, I just mean like that's what he's doing. He's, that's his, his decision or what's happened to him. He doesn't seem like there's an easy way to fix that burritoing problem. But I honestly was looking at her and I didn't know if she'd gotten any help. You know, like we didn't know if she if an ambulance had been called or if she'd been to the hospital. Um, and I didn't feel okay leaving this woman because she's a woman and I'm a woman and she's laying in the street. And so uh, we walked over to her and I said, um, hey, are you all right? What, is there anything I can help you with? And she said, uh, you know, I just um, have a bad hip and I was mugged and, um, and so I can't get up. Um, I was mugged a couple days ago, and I just got out of the hospital. I think also she had been drinking. I could tell by her voice. Um, and I, I was like, well, let's get you up, you know? And so uh, my girlfriend and I, we helped her up. And as she stood up, I realized she was wearing, like, men's clothes. And um, uh, she had a baseball cap on as well. And the second that we pulled her up, the first thing that she said was, she said, uh, well, I think we're the same kind. <laughs> And I said, I think you're right. 
Now, she couldn't have known this. This woman could not have known this. But my girlfriend and I had actually been fighting as we were walking down the street because we were trying to figure out how it is, as an adult person, that you stay partnered with somebody. Like, how do you do it? Like, how do you actually do it? Like, how do you just say every day, like, this is really terrible and hard, also get away from me. That being said, get the fuck back here. Like, how do you do that (laughs) over and over again? How do you do that? How do you stay that engaged with that cycle? We're fighting, we're trying to figure out, like, like, you know, are we doing the right things? And usually when you're in that moment in your life where you're just asking a question to the universe, like, is any of this correct? Never does the universe answer. Like, I don't actually believe um, in a greater being. And so I just think generally it's like, you're on your own. Okay. Like, I think it's like, it's kind of like uh, the parents have left the kids to run the sleepover by themselves. And that's life. Just all of us like, we're going to eat pixie sticks. We feel terrible. You know, like, it's like one long, like, let's watch seven. I can't sleep. Are you awake? Get up. I froze your underwear. Like, that's life. Our whole life is just like, why is there nobody monitoring this? There should be somebody here. So, I, so she said, I think we might be the same, the same type. I said, yeah, I think you're right. And then she said, you know, you guys seem like you're really nice people. I was with my wife uh, for 27 years until she died five years ago. And if I could tell you anything, um, it would be that the trick to staying together is just to decide not to leave. To which I said, I'm sorry, what the fuck did you just say? <laughs> Woman with no eyes that are open? What did you just say to me? You just answered the question that we were walking down the street like, how do we do this? And then you pick a person off the ground and she's dr- intoxicated and she just says, the answer is just do it! Like, how does that... Has that, when, what are the number of times in your life that that actually happens to you? This one other time, I dropped my keys in the sewer, and I called the city of Chicago, and they said, oh, we totally have, like, a, a magnet on a stick for that. <laughs> That's, like, the only other time that I've been like, holy fuck. There's a master plan. So we waited for the bus with this woman, and I, I have to say, I don't know that I necessarily Im- improved her life. Um, I think it actually seemed like she probably has a pretty tough life, but I am very grateful for that moment and for that advice, and I guess um, I just wanted to share that with you because it seems like such a crazy gift that somebody could just give that to you. Uh, also, way to go, lesbians, for being the people that didn't fucking walk by, am I right? <laughs> You guys, I, well, thank you so much for letting me tell you that story. And I also want to start the show. We're going to start the show with a huge bang. I'm so excited that this gal could be here tonight. We've been trying to get her for a while, and she finally is able to come. I'm so gl- glad she's here. You see, you've seen her on Oh, Chelsea Lately. Uh, you know her from everything. Let's hear it right now for Jen Kirkman, guys. Give it up for Jen. <laughs> Cameron, thank you everyone for letting me be here. Hi, 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 hi. (laughs) 
Okay, there's a war going on in this country between two groups. I'm not talking black and white, not talking Democrat, Republican. I'm talking married people and divorced people. I've been both. Married people are the most awful people on the planet Earth. They have no idea how disgusting they are. And let me, as a divorced person, and don't be sad for me, by the way, I'm divorced, not single. Single people have cats and no dreams and things that haven't been fulfilled. Divorced people have gone to Paris twice in two years for no reason, okay? <laughs> I am so sorry as a former married for how I treated you, single people. I went on a honeymoon with my husband, who I wasn't even sleeping with, and took pictures under palm trees. Do you know what I did with those pictures? Did I put them in an album? Because it's only my business? Yeah. Made them into a Christmas card. And I sent it to you single people. The time of year when people are more depressed than ever and lonely and you're sitting there sipping eggnog and some of it spills on your cat and you lick it off the fur because no one's looking. And here comes the mailman right through the slot. There I am on vacation. Ah, Merry Christmas with a palm tree. That has nothing to do with the Lord or snowmen. I am so sorry. I didn't do it to rub it in your face. I wasn't even thinking of you. I am so sorry, single people. And I hate you married people. Not because I'm jealous, but because I was one of you and it sickens me. <laughs> now, married people were really nice to me when I was single. They loved me. I was like a, a, like a lonely, mismatched pillow on their couch. They would just sit back and have me over and just look at me. <laughs> Bill, we should really get another pillow for her. <laughs> Wouldn't it be cute if we had a set? We could match it up and say we did it. She's polka dot, he's stripes, but as long as they're kind of the same pattern, it could be kind of cute. We could just look at them and they'd be our pillows. And then when I got married, you married people, you loved me because I got fat like you did and you loved it. You just sit there, Bill, isn't it nice how Jen is as fat as us now and she can't really move anywhere either. Look at her, she's not going anywhere fun tonight. She's right here with us. She's not having sex when she gets home. She's too gassy. We love Jen. And you married people would say things to me too, like, it's good you gained weight, you're nesting, you're nesting. I don't see any twigs, I'm not nesting, I'm bored, I'm eating. No, you're happy, you're happy. Oh, I thought I was just fat because I was eating a block of cheese with my bare hands like a sandwich in front of the TV every night. But now that I'm divorced, married people hate me. I'm like a radioactive thing that fell from space. They're so intrigued, but they won't admit it. But they're like, don't touch it, it could infect us. And they'll say things to me, the married people will say things to me now. My old friends, my good friends that wanted to hook me up with a pillow, that let me sit at their house fat. Now they don't ask me to hang out anymore and they put it on me. They go, it's just gonna be another couple's dinner party. You'd be uncomfortable. No, I'd be bored. You'd be uncomfortable. Because we, when you invite a divorced person to a married people's dinner, it's like inviting a 60s radical. I'm going to tell the truth, man, and they're afraid. Right? I'm going to sit there at dinner and go, you know, getting divorced is actually a hell of a lot easier than getting married. It takes about a day. You don't have to put on a crazy outfit or hire a DJ. And uh, immediately people start coming out of the woodwork that you can have sex with, and you can have sex with them. And they just stare at you like you're staring at me because they don't want to hear it. You can always get a new lease on life. You don't even have to hate someone to get a divorce. You can just be bored. Someone over there went, oh, yeah, think about it. My friends always go, well, who's going to take care of you when you're old now that you're single? 
which I'm not. Again, I said I'm divorced, not single. Who's going to take care of you when you're old? I don't know, servants? Who cares? <laughs> Just because you're married doesn't mean you're not going to die alone, and especially if you're a woman, because men die first. Don't be upset. This is a fact. You all know you had a grandfather who died at 12. Your grandmother's 116. Like, that's just what happens. Sometimes, sometimes women do die first, but it, it doesn't matter because men will get married three days later because they don't know how to use a dishwasher. So, but my grandmother lived till 98, and she would say the same thing. I don't want to go into a nursing home. I like taking care of my own house. I don't relate to that at all. I don't have a house. I have an apartment. I don't like taking care of it. I have thought about moving because there's dust. I don't want to take care of anything. I would live in assisted living now. If you could put me, if you could put me in a wheelchair and feed me pudding and give me drugs for no reason and I could just drool, I would do that now. But my grandmother died as she wanted, alone on the floor, alone on the floor in a black bra with no underwear. I don't understand what she was doing. Not even Amy Winehouse died this way. I don't know what my grandmother was doing. But now I know why she didn't want to live in assisted living because she was up to some sick stuff. I had to call my parents when I got a divorce. I called them up. My mother, hi, Jen, what's going on? Well, I'm getting a divorce. Oh, what happened? I said, well, it's kind of like that movie Eat, Pray, Love. I don't know if you've seen it. No. Uh, is there another movie you divorce is anything like? Because I hate Julia Roberts and I'm never going to see it. She's always smiling, Jennifer, and laughing. Every movie is the same damn character. I want to say, honey, get a new gimmick. Well, anyway, I'm getting a divorce. Did you see Dancing with the Stars this week? Uh, Mom, I'm getting a divorce. Well, you seem fine, so I'm asking you, did you see Dancing with the Stars this week? So I went on a date after I got my divorce. I'm 38. I went on a date. I know you're like, wow, you look so great. Um, that's because I had no friends and stayed inside all the time when I was little. Paid off, though. So I um, went on a date with a 22-year-old drummer. I'm, I'm like, oh, I'm a cougar, you know? And uh, Well, I mean, it was like, but, you know, I picked him up um, from the gas station because uh, his car had run out of gas because his um, bank card had run out of money because he didn't have any to put in the bank that you use the bank card for. But that's okay. I picked him up. He took me to a bar. He's like, I can, you know, we can drink for free here because my friend works here. I'll get you a beer. I'm like, oh, no, honey, I have a job. That's okay. So I bought us drinks. And then uh, we went back to my house after, and I offered him some wine. And he said, when did you get the wine? And I went, what vintage years the wine from, do you mean? And he went, no, on the drive home. You didn't stop at 7-Eleven. When did you get the wine? I'm like, oh, sweetie, when you're a grown-up, you can just have wine in the house waiting. You don't have to buy it every Friday after you cash your check. So that didn't work out. And you know what? I actually kind of got obsessed with him because he was really fun, and I started stalking him on Facebook. I'm like, I'm too old for that. Because see, in my day, if you were suspicious of a guy, you had to approach him the old-fashioned way. You had to get drunk at a party and go, Are you fucking her? <laughs> so, anyway. But my friends always say to me, you know, they, they're still upset that I'm dating, and they're like, Jen, you know, just have a kid or something. You know, you're never going to know true love unless you have a kid. You know, you'll never know the love of a child. I'm like, well... You'll never have sex with a 22-year-old drummer. You know, different things. Thank you guys so much. Have an awesome night. Thank you, thank you. Jen, you... When is your book coming out? April 16th. And... 2013. This is your first book, right? Yeah, yes. That's very exciting. I'm super... I've always wanted to write a book forever. And I have half-written many books and written many proposals. 
and pitched a, diff- a million different books to a million different agents, and there's nothing ever bit. So, yeah. So this was like finally. And you're going on a tour, and I know this because I know you're going to the Hideout in Chicago, yes. aren't you? Yes. And that is one of my favorite venues. I used to live in Chicago. Like, oh no way! Okay, I'm, I'm really excited about it. I was really honored that they would have me. It's very cool. You're gonna like it. And it's I like can't... down an abandoned road. I, I looked it's at great. pictures yeah, online. It's... I'm like, oh, this looks cool. It looks kind of like the UCB Theater in New York. Yeah. But, it... but I think a little bigger. Yeah, it's like a. It's just you're going to meet all the a lot of great Chicago folks. Where yeah. else are you going for your tour? It's a very small tour because I'm writing full time on Chelsea. And yes, so, you are. So we only get like six weeks off a year, and they all don't make any sense. The weeks we get off, yeah. they don't make sense with my tour. So they're kind enough to let me have like you know a few Fridays off in a row. So I'm going to um, it's all on my website jenkirkman.com. But I'm going to uh, do a one nighter in Boston, in the Bell House in Brooklyn, um, Arlington Draft House in Virginia or DC, yeah. Chicago. Toronto, um, San Francisco Punchline, and I can't remember what else. I think I'm doing a reading at Book Soup here in LA. Wow, well, all the places you mentioned are like the best places that's what, that's, in those cities. That's that what I'm I, hoping. No? I'm hoping to yeah. get like the podcast listeners out. Like, yeah, I, think I do you will. a lot of touring that, that is just people that know me from TV, which is great. Yes. But the hardcore like podcasty people that I think feel like they they're going to come for books. Yeah, I want. It feels them to like come. they're going to come yeah. for books. And I want to do more. Like I'm working on a new hour material that's about marriage and divorce, and I it may or may not be laugh a minute punchline, but I think it's going to be enjoyable. So I feel like this is a good tour to kind of work that hour out too. Where are you playing? In Bo- I know you're you're from Boston. Yes. Yeah. I went to Boston College, so oh, I lived really? there for like six years. Oh, so no where way. are you performing? Wait, why did you go to college for six years? No, oh, no. I graduated oh. and then I lived there for two <laughs> okay. years afterwards. But what if like I just... <laughs> so I lived there for like, like 25 <laughs> years because um, it was really slow. But um, Johnny D's in Somerville, which I have never Oh, I know Johnny to, D's. But I guess it used to be a rock club yes. and it went away and then it came back. Yeah, and it's like a, it was like a jazz club for a while. I went on a first date there. No way. Very romantic place. Yeah. Uh, great for a book reading. Okay, good, <laughs> good. No, I'm just going to do stand-up there, but sign oh, cool. books after. Yeah. Awesome. The only reading reading I'm doing is at Book Soup in LA. Oh, that's great. Jen Kirkman. Let's hear it for Jen one more time. Jen has a book coming out in April called I Can Barely Take Care of Myself. So you should buy that and support her. And I believe it's going to be sold uh, wherever books are are sold. Is that what you're... You're not supposed to... In Fine books are sold. I think you're... You can find it where books are. Yeah, you can. So go ahead and get that. And support the shit out of her. Also... Thumbs up for Jen wearing the best outfit so far on this show. Not tonight, I mean overall. Fuzzy Vest was not expecting it, did love it, you know? She looked amazing, and I'm really excited. I'm going to take a picture of her before she leaves. I'm going to say, this, what you should... She has even rings on? I missed it. Yeah, that's how, you know, like, draw attention to the microphone, you know what I mean? So you're like, yeah, I'm a working comic, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, see how I hold it in my ring hands, you know? Like, that kind of thing. You're wearing a Kenny Rogers t-shirt. Did you... Congratulations. <laughs> he's 3D? Because he's on your breasts, or what? <laughs> yeah, I get you. I understand what you're saying. That, you know that's not how 3D works, though, right? <laughs> but wouldn't that make movies better? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if it was just... It's, it's 3D. It's uh, Avatar, but it's, it's projected onto some breasts and so in that way it's a better version of the movie avatar (laughs) as we all know guys we got another great comic coming up next uh he i lived with him uh not i live no that's not no 
We lived in Chicago at the same time for a brief moment. Now he lives in New York, and he's also visiting L.A. He just taped his Comedy Central half hour. We're going to welcome him right now. Let's hear from Mr. Jared Logan, guys. Come on. Give it up for Jared. Karen Esposito, my roomie. Jen Kirkman. All right. Guys, let's keep it going, okay? I just have to just look at this real quick. I'm sorry, it's like unprofessional, but I can't, you know, I can't remember everything. There's like so many jokes. I have an iPhone 4S. So. What kind of, uh, hi, what kind of iPhone do you have? 3G. You should get the 4S. <laughs> Did you think he should get the 4S? What do you have? I have the 4S. The 4S. He should get it, right? It makes you a more valid person, just in general. What are you working with in terms of tablet? <laughs> Stone. <laughs> Seriously, though, what do you have? What? You don't have a tablet. How do you make travel arrangements? <laughs> On the bus. You should get a tablet. I have a Kindle Fire, so. It's a Kindle Fire. Someone asked me if my Kindle was a Kindle Fire. I was like, yeah, I don't live in a shanty town, okay? It's a Kindle Fire. I burned every book I own. Burned every paper book I own. Now when you go in the library in my house, yes, I have a library. When you go in the library, you go to the bookshelves, it's just hundreds of Kindle fires. <laughs> One book on each Kindle fire. I don't like to overload them. Burned every single book. Burned them all. I read about this meeting online. I read about this meeting you can go to where you can burn your books. So I took, oh, yes, it's real. So I took, yes, you. <laughs> I heard you! I took all my books, I threw them in a bag, I went to this meeting, there was this huge inferno, you just throw your books on it, burned everything, To Kill a Mockingbird, Johnny Tremaine, where I burned Where the Red Fern Grows, Dianetics, all of it. But then at the end of the meeting, they started talking about Nazi shit, and I got the fuck out of there. I thought it was about eliminating clutter. That last thing I just did was completely made up. I'm an actor. Uh, I'm an actor. I was a theater major in college. Was anybody else a theater major? Good. It's a shitty major. You should not do it. I was, a, I was on academic scholarship, like scholarship for grades, and I used that money to become a theater major. So that's like you win the lottery and you just spend it on beanie babies, you know? That's what I did with that money pretty ballsy but then I realized when you graduate you can't be Dame Judy Dench right away which is my ultimate goal you have to get a real job so I and I lived in the south at the time so I would have to go on these job interviews and these people interviewing me would see theater on the resume and you know in the south sometimes people don't really know what theater is like in the south like guys in the south they think theater is like a bunch of gay dudes in a basement like making their penises kiss with like makeup on <laughs> Which it can be, and there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah! So I would, I would go on these job interviews, and this is a true story. These guys would see theater, and they would react strangely. True story, this guy's looking at my resume. He goes, uh, now I see theater here on your resume. 
Is that going to interfere with your ability to work? Uh, and I was like, no, I'm very responsible. I'll be here every day, 9 a.m., ready to go. And this guy really said this. He goes, yeah, but you're an actor. You could be lying to me, and I wouldn't even know. I'm not a sociopath. When you get a theater degree, you don't get special powers. This guy's like, I can't hire you to work here. You can change your shape at will. I come in for a cup of coffee. You're the coffee pot. Get out of my office, metamorph. Shapeshifter! Um, these are the nincompoops that hire you to work jobs. So, consequently, I had to take a lot of minimum wage jobs, which, which sucked. Because minimum wage jobs are so, they scar you psychologically. Because it's not, it's bad enough you're being paid the minimum amount, you know, by law that you can be paid, but also you always end up like cleaning feces off a ceiling or something. <laughs> this is what, I, I worked at a movie theater, okay? And that movie theater was like my Vietnam. It's, it made me never okay again. It made me, I will always be sad a little bit deep down because of this place. Why? Okay, I'll tell you why. This is what I saw there that I can never unsee. This is true. Again, one night I'm cleaning the theater. I'm a guy that cleans theater. I'm like an usher. I'm cleaning the theaters. I found something. Do you know what I found? This is what I found. I found a hot dog that someone had eaten like an ear of corn. <laughs> Just chewing off the outer skin to leave a slobbery, meaty core. Where's your God now? You can't believe it. Be talking to Nelson Mandela, he could be like, Jared, there's hope for the future. I'd be like, Yeah, but what about that hot dog, though? Remember that hot dog I found? Nothing is going to work out. It's true. True story. Here's the saddest thing that ever happened at work, though, I think. Uh, I, I worked at a theater that showed plays. There are two types. Uh, <laughs> And uh, I was at this theater one night. Now, they don't, nobody wants to go see plays anymore because they're boring and they suck. So the way they get people to see plays is they get groups to come, like community groups or like clubs. So one night I'm in the box office. This big group comes in. They walk up to the box office. They go, hi, we're from Snap. And I go, oh, Snap. That's kind of a fun, zingy name. What do you guys do? What does your club do? What do you guys do? What is Snap? And then they go... We're the Survivor's Network for Abuse by Priests. And I was like, why do you have a fun, zingy name then? And also, why are you guys going on fun group activities together? That's weird, right? Like, what, do they all go to the amusement park and, like, ride the roller coaster together? And they're like, ah! Oh, my God, that was terrifying. Kind of like the time... That we were molested by priests, and it ruined our lives. Do you remember that? Because I think of it every time I look at you. Guys, that's my time. You were lovely. Have a good night, all right? Guys, Mr. Jared Logan, let's hear it for Jared one more time. Okay, so um, I'm excited because tonight... So we've done these drawings. Or I haven't, but we, we've uh, had an artist draw all of the comics that performed uh, together. 
every month at Put Your Hands Together. And the first month that we had the drawing done, I looked at it and I realized that like we had uh, one gal on in that month. I mean, well, no, I mean, I was on every show. But I don't, know, I don't know if that counts as one. Whatever. Um, but we had one other female comic, and I just thought to myself, listen, uh, there's been, and we'll, you know, we can talk about this. You should listen to the podcast. You'll get an inside scoop on, on this next topic, which is that in L.A., in general, lately, there's been a big uh, debate over why there aren't more ladies on shows. And so I said to myself, you can, you can affect this change. Uh, and so tonight... We have a bunch of female performers on the show, which I'm really excited about. I'm not saying that, be I almost didn't want to say anything about it, but now I want you to just go ahead and support it. Not like, not like a, this isn't like a warning, like, hey guys. <laughs> These next comics are showing you a 3D movie. You know, I didn't want. <laughs> but more so just because it's rad to point it out um, even when some of the other comics got here, they were like, oh, there's a lot of women on this show. Like, it's that palpable. So this is awesome. You guys are here to see it. This is our first mostly female show. Not even 50-50, because we've done some of those too. More than 50% ladies stoked on it. And uh, this next gal is no exception. She is a part of uh, a group called Lady to Lady. They have a podcast. It's very funny. They have a show this Sunday night on St. Patrick's Day here at the UCB Theater. So ladies and gentlemen, let's hear it for Barbara Gray. Give it up for Barbara, come on. Oh shit, I'm a fucking girl. Can you guys handle it? You already saw one, so it's okay. Ladies night though, it's right, yeah? Ladies night, tell me something. Ladies, tell me something, do you like chocolate? Yeah, we love chocolate. We're women, right? Yeah, tell me, tell me something. You ever, you ever wish that dicks were made out of chocolate? Yeah, yeah. I know I do. Yeah, might make life a little bit easier sometimes, right? Right? Because then I wouldn't have gonorrhea. All right. Um, I, uh, I lived in L.A. for a few years, and uh, I just got cast in my very first, like, pilot thing. So that's kind of... Uh, <laughs> I just want to say that over. Exciting. Um, it's kind of exciting, or it would be, if I didn't get cast as fat girl number two in the very first thing. This, these are my two lines of dialogue in the very first thing I was ever cast in. Here we go. <clears throat> Why don't we go to the Golden Corral? <laughs> I love buffets. <laughs> Fat girl number two, yeah. The only thing sadder than getting cast in that is getting cast by someone you've dated as that. And that is what happened. Someone I dated, he was like, oh, I, I know the perfect person for this role. I remember that one time Barbara was too tired to have sex from all that pasta she just ate. Let's uh, call her up. That was fun. That was a fun one. Uh, I was telling that joke at a bar in Hollywood and this guy was hitting on me. Don't want to brag. Really gross guy. Totally, totally hitting on me. And he didn't know my name. So after the show, uh, he chased me down the street and he yelled, Hey, fat number two! 
Hey, he took out the word girl. He took out the best part of the whole thing. Hey, fat number two. I was like, bitch, I'm gonna take a fat number two in your mouth. Get out of my face. So uh, we're dating now. Think he could be the one. Um, I mean, I don't know. I guess I'm supposed to worry about losing weight, but it's just because I live in Hollywood, you know? I don't feel like I'm that fat. Like, most of you idiots would fuck me, but I'm just more worried about getting on TV. Um, And so I have started a new diet called the Pepperoni Cleanse. I don't know if you guys have heard about it. It's pretty easy. You just eat roni with everything. Uh, I started the first week. I only have 187 weeks left, you know? And then I get lap band surgery, so... I think it might work this time. <laughs> yeah, really my only goal with weight is just to never be fat enough to be a fetish, you know? I just don't want to ever go on a date where a man's watching me feed. It's like, yeah, one more meatball. <laughs> I don't want to be any fetish. There's like a fetish where guys want to, you know, jizz on the glasses. Sorry to disturb anyone. Um... And that's weird because that's psychological. It's not physical, you know? So what, is, what are they thinking when that happens? Like, what's getting them off right then? Like, mm, you're gonna have a hard time seeing later. <laughs> if you're listening on the podcast, I'm jerking off my awesome giant fake dick right there, right? <laughs> it's really pretty, you guys. Um, uh, yeah, I, uh, I've been alone, single for a, a while. Um, it's weird to be single in L.A. because you end up dating a lot of crazies. Uh, I went out with a guy who told me after we broke up that I didn't play with his balls enough. He was like, thanks for the notes, douchebag. I didn't tell you to play with the most disgusting part of my body more often. You know? Not that I have one because it's perfect. but um, He's been booty call texting me. And uh, nothing's happened, you know, but it will because I drink too much and I have loose morals. So... When it does, that's all I'm gonna do. That's it. Three in the morning, okay, sure, I'll come over. No kissing, no shaft, just the fucking like sack attack. Like six hours of ball fondling, you know? Let's make up for lost time, man. Uh, Also, by the way, if you're 34 and you still sleep on a futon, you can't tell me to play with your balls more. (laughs) I don't give a fuck if you've been in a Carl's Jr. commercial. (laughs) Oh, that's even worse than the balls, right? I know. Mm, Carl's Jr. breath and balls. Um... Yeah, I, uh, I, I always complain to, like, my, my friends, you know, who are in relationships, and they always say the same thing, which is, like, it's going to happen when you least expect it. The perfect guy is going to show up. It's going to happen when you least... Shut the fuck up! Stop saying this to single people. It's the worst thing you hear. It's like, oh, really? Oh, it's going to happen when it's, like, 3 a.m. and I'm stoned on my couch watching Spongebob? That's when he's going to show up. Oh, knock, knock at the door. Oh, who is it? Oh, it's a guy with a beard in Roseanne Season 7 on DVD. Yay! <laughs> Jeez, am I disturbing you? I'm looking at you, man. All right. I'm glad you're sitting in the splash zone, though. Do you know what that means? <laughs> it means your tie is making me wet. No, I'm just kidding. 
Uh, no, I have... I'll tell you guys this before I get out of here. I dated another guy who asked me to give him a hand job in the Haunted Mansion at Disneyland once. And it was like, maybe as long as this is a getting caught in public fetish, not like a ghost threesome fetish. Because there's that ghost that comes into the cart at the end with you. Um, seriously, though, top three most fuckable ghosts. Go. Anybody? Number one, Patrick Swayze's character in Ghost, right? Number two, Patrick Swayze's real ghost. <laughs> Number three, trick question. This joke's been dead for two years. All right. I'm Barbara Gray. Thank you guys so much. Come see our show on Sunday. Guys, Barbara Gray, let her hear it. Hey, we are going to keep it right on rolling. I'm going to bring out your next performer, also part of Lady to Lady. Let's hear it right now for Tess Barker. Give it up for Tess. Come on. Oh, you can do better than that. Let's go. What is up, guys? This show rocks. Uh, I, I tell you guys this. I, uh, <laughs> I left my credit card at a bar the other night. Has anyone done that? Really, I'm the only person who's left... Shut, fuck you. <laughs> fuck off. No, I left my credit at a bar the other night, and uh, I, I, went, I had only gotten one beer at this bar. Just, like, a beer. So the only reason I left... <laughs> the only reason I left it there is because I, I had had five whiskeys at the other bar, but it's fine. So I go back the next day to get my credit card, and uh, it's one of these places over here in Los Feliz where, like, all the bartenders look like Jesse's girlfriend on Breaking Bad. <laughs> just the worst just wearing like short overalls Frankenstein tattoo on the tits like I hated her so I go to my credit card she hands me my slip she's charged me $23 for one Coors Light and I'm like I think there's been some mistake I only got one beer and she goes yeah we have a minimum and I'm like okay that's fine but first of all you have a $20 minimum second of all you tipped your fucking stealing ass $3 on one beer I think that's pretty generous Jesse's girlfriend okay <laughs> slow your roll bangs and so I just like keep complaining she won't she will not like see she keeps like she just won't she won't give me anything so finally I pull out like what is my like ultimate white girl trick like my blow on the Nintendo game I'm like okay can, can I talk to your manager please like I don't know why I always think that's gonna work like can I talk to your manager can I talk to the person that's more in charge and a bigger dick thanks thanks so whatever so the manager comes out he won't give me my money back either he just like, again, is just like refusing. And he goes, he goes, look, I don't know what to tell you. You left your credit card here. We have a $20 minimum. That's just what happens. And I get so indignant. And just to like defend myself, I go, oh, all right, look, I have left my credit card at a lot of bars. <laughs> okay. And not everybody does this. And he still won't relent. And I'm like, you know what? That's fine. I live right up the street. I like to drink. I'm going to tell all my friends not to come here. I'm going to yelp the shit out of this place. Go fuck yourself. And I walk off to my car, and I feel like Norma Ray. Like, I'm so proud. I'm like the Norma Ray of alcoholics. I had, like, triumphant music playing in the background. You know, I'm like, yeah, I fucking showed it. And I go to get into my car, uh, and I can't because I've left my keys inside of the bar. <laughs> and so I have to go back into the bar to retrieve my keys. And Jesse's girlfriend is standing there dangling my keys. Like, she's holding my car hostage with my own irresponsibility. And I just, I become, like, irate. And I'm like, 
All right, look, bitch. This isn't my first rodeo, okay? <laughs> I have fallen asleep at the gate of the plane I was supposed to be on, okay? If you don't think I'm used to fucking up and then complaining until it becomes someone else's problem, you have another thing coming, you know? Jeez, so I take the credit card slip, I write, I do not approve of these charges, go home, file a fraud claim with Bank of America, yelp the fucking shit out of it. I'm telling all you guys, that's the Bronson Bar in Franklin, don't fucking go there. <laughs> you can't fuck with someone who is constantly fucking with themselves, is my point. <laughs> do you guys know those uh those like pyramid scheme parties that like our moms used to have to go to for like uh for tupperware or yankee candles or whatever sometimes guys sell knives you know what i'm talking about uh i got invited to one of those for sex toys recently which i don't get me wrong like i'm all for sex toys but i feel like they're like del taco like you just buy that shit late at night and then consume it alone and in shame. Like, we don't, we don't, we don't have to bring appetizers into this at all. So I'm like, okay, I'm not going to go to that. But then I just, like, I have like, such a guilty person. I just start, like, picturing my friend just, like, alone with all of her dildos, like the smelly kid on the playground. I didn't want that on my hands. So I'm like, fine, I'll go to the sex toy party. And I show up, and I guess I wasn't the only person who thought that because there's, like, a bunch of girls there and we're all in like anthropology dresses, just quaffing wine, just talking about bullshit. And none of us are addressing the elephant in the room, which is that we've all congregated to buy anal beads. You know? <laughs> so whenever the wine and cheese part of the party gets over and we go into the living room where they're gonna like pitch us like the different products. And you know what these things are always trying to rope you into becoming like a part of their scheme or whatever. So I knew what the woman was gonna say was gonna be persuasive. What I didn't expect her to say, she goes, ladies, everybody comfortable? You guys good? All right. Uh, I just want to start out by saying that I have a son who has special needs. <laughs> and for the last two years, I have paid for his education by selling erotic toys. Now I have to buy something. Like, uh, now it's like my civic responsibility. I'm not a monster, you understand. Like, now I have to buy something. And so she goes on, and she's, like, pitching. She has all kinds of different shit. She has, like, hot and cold jellies and, like, edible candles, which I still don't know how you fuck with an edible candle. But she has all kinds of stuff. <laughs> then she gets to the end, to her big PS de resistance, and her face just lights up. This woman's just, like, so proud. She's just beaming. And she goes, girls... You know how sometimes your guy has had like a really long day? What does that mean? And we all look at each other like, I don't know, a beer, a bong load? I don't know. And she goes, sweaty balls, am I right? <laughs> First of all, don't you ever smile and say sweaty balls, am I right? First of all. <laughs> Second of all, no, you're not right. Like, dudes, don't worry about it. Your balls are fine. Like, I, I, I mean, they're probably not fine, but they're all I've ever known. It's fine. I don't know. Whatever. I'll, I, I, don't, I don't bitch to my girlfriends about how bad balls taste. It's fine, you know? <laughs> then she proceeds to take out this tube that's, like, covered in floral wrapping paper and in, like, pretty cursive is written the words, Vanilla ball powder. <laughs> and she looks at us all expectantly, like we're all going to leap out of our seats and be like, finally, someone thought of it. But 
out, puts it in a Dixie cup, mixes like just a little bit of water in it, like, like I guess to simulate ball sweat. <laughs> and she asks us all to stick our finger in that cup and sample the vanilla ball powder. Like it's a fucking scone. Like it's like, and everybody else is just like being polite. Like, mm, yeah, I, I could see how this goes with balls. Like, I don't. <laughs> and I look around, I'm like, am I really the only person here who has a problem with this? Like we're wearing cute dresses. It's a Sunday afternoon. And finally I go, look, we're all here because we got peer pressured into it by our friend. I just bought a vibrating dolphin for my pussy because I feel bad for your retarded kid. Like, I'm not that good at saying no to stuff, you know? I'm probably gonna lick those balls whether they're powdered or not. <laughs> All right, I'm Tess, you guys are cool, thanks a lot. Guys, Tess Barker. Let's hear it for Tess. I don't even, is that, that's crazy. I was backstage going, I don't even, that's. <sighs> it just feels like, sometimes I just feel like that's, I just don't know anything about that, you know, like at all. I don't mean powder, I know tons of, wait, why did I just. <laughs> I swear to God, I just had a nose itch at the exact moment that I said that. Like I was, like I was trying to score some coke from the audience, which would have been weird since it would have been uh, recorded. And also, I, I don't, uh, I don't even, I don't do that either because um, I'm very s uh, square. I am. I'm very square, but. Uh, Oh, crap, I wish I could remember. Oh, because uh, marijuana is, like, moderately legal here. I don't know. So I, I went into, like, a head shop. Is that what they're called? What is it called? The place where they have all the things that you smoke out of it? That's where I went. And um, I was with somebody. They purchased something. I do a okay, All right, whatever. Uh, I was with somebody. They purchased something. I wish I could remember what the guy said as we were leaving. Do you remember what the guy said? You're pack here. What is it? Pack it oh, pack it tight. That's what the guy said. He hit. Just, <laughs> like a teeny little bowl was purchased. And then his like, his customer service was that at the end he handed, he goes, all right, pack it tight. <laughs> Isn't that awesome? Because you don't think about it. Like you don't think that those like little weed shops are going to have like their own specific terminology that's gonna that's gonna have also been thought up by people that are super into weed so i loved it pack it tight all right go home and get on that couch you know like i just wish i don't know what other but it was that's so that's such a professional pack it tight is such a professional I, I feel like i'm gonna live my whole life like that honestly i think that applies to balls as well but i don't know So I feel like I should just check in with you guys for a second because you seem like you're, you seem good, but I just want to make sure you're doing okay. Um, uh, maybe I'll, ha uh, can I talk to you for a second, sir? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> wow, that, you, she thinks that's crazy. <laughs> 
What's so funny? It's going to be great? Why? What's there to... Okay. Uh, well, little baby Ira Glass, what do you do for a living? It's a visual joke. Um, what do you do for a living? I work at Warner Brothers. You work at Warner Brothers. Have we spoken to each other at all? No. No, this is the first time. Uh, you work at Warner Brothers. Uh, what do you do? Sometimes you work at Conan, sometimes you work at Ellen. Yeah. That's interesting. Um, I mean, it actually is. Uh, so which of those, uh, perform- which of those uh, celebrities is like a better person? Conan. Conan, wow. What? But Ellen saves all those dogs. She's She's secretly very mean? Oh, fuck. That's, you don't understand. It's like if I was a straight woman, if you had just insulted balls. I don't know what the... I don't know what I'm saying, but... She's secretly very mean. You know what? That actually makes a lot of sense to me. Um, I mean, she's, she's had to get a lot of things done. You know, I, I feel like sometimes when people are... And I'm not saying, like, I'm pro people being uh, harsh or, or rough to deal with when they are in positions of power, but also, like, that's eh, kind of how you rise to the top in some ways, like, just by demanding what you ask for. Is it, like, is it, you know, like, is it, is it, is it anything beyond just, like, right now? Like, does she ever say that? Or just, like, what, what type of stuff? No, she doesn't beat anyone. She doesn't beat anybody. Yeah, well, and I think, I don't know, but she's not super. I just hear she's not pleasant to work for. You just hear she's not pleasant to work for. Yeah, well, you don't get to be the most powerful lesbian. in the entire world. <laughs> you know? Without anything. What'd you say? Yeah, she's got a hot wife, too. That's right. Yeah, women, was, women respond to strength. I can't believe I just said that. <laughs> she does have a beautiful wife. So you do, you do whatever at Warner Brothers. That's cool. What about you, uh, laughing hysterically lady? What do you do for a living? You're a better person than he is then, huh? You work at a nonprofit organization? That was, that's a given. Yeah, that's a given, obviously. Yeah, you don't even need glasses. So already, <laughs> higher up the food chain. I wear glasses, so if we were to, you know, the two of us would be in a, you know, end of the world situation. If I don't have contact solution, forget it. <laughs> you, wear, you wear glasses. Yeah, no, thanks for outing yourself, though. I honestly appreciate the honesty. So you work at a nonprofit organization. What does that organization do? You work on college campuses to help Israel. No, I mean, I, you should be proud of your job. I am very yeah, you should be proud of your job. Also, I don't, you know, I'm... <laughs> I'm just going to go ahead and leave that right where it is. Tel Aviv is the friendliest LGBT city. I'm sure that's true. I hear there's some other stuff over there, too, though. <laughs> I know, I know. It's just like, it's like one of those, I don't, I, it's just a... Yeah, yeah. You got back yourself. Well, um, are you, thank, thank you? <laughs> or stop it! I don't know. <laughs> 
is a tough one. I'm sweating. What'd you say? No, you didn't kill the vibe. It's What are you talking about? This is a real thing in the world, and you do that for a job, and you're honest, and you're proud of yourself. You didn't do anything. You didn't do anything to us. I just don't have a, a pithy response uh, to that. I can't, I'm not like, hey, who's meaner, you know? Israelis or Palestinians? Because it works with uh, Conan and Ellen. But then when you take it and you apply it to the conflict in the Middle East, it suddenly becomes a lot... The stakes are higher. You understand. Yeah. Well, thank you for coming to the show. Round of applause for these two right there. Yeah. Guys, we have two comics left tonight. Both of them are awesome. This, this next performer, she is also a part of the Lady to Lady crew. Uh, she also produces a show called Picture This, which can often be seen at the Nerd Melt Theater. You should check that show out. It's amazing. It's live. It's uh, comics telling jokes and then animators drawing what those jokes are about. I've done it, and it was nearly impossible. She makes it look very easy. Ladies and gentlemen, let's hear right now for Brandy Posey. Give it up for Brandy. Keep it going for Cameron Esposito, y'all. Oh, shit. You guys are awesome. Um, I, uh, I was home over Christmas a couple months ago when Christmas was. Uh, <laughs> and uh, my brother, for a present, uh, asked to take me out to Applebee's for dinner uh, because we are from below the Mason-Dixon line, and goddamn proud of it. Anybody else? Like, 20% white trash? Like, I can wear flannel unironically, but I'm not a racist. Like, that's where my white right trash kind of lies. And we're at, we're at Applebee's, and my brother uh, was talking to me, and he was like, hey, look, I got a problem can you, um, can you take a look at my OkCupid profile? <laughs> like, nobody is messaging me. And I was like, wait a second, baby brother, kid who learned what stoning was in Sunday school and then did it to me for five years of our childhood, you want me to take a look and help make you more fuckable to strange women. That's what you, blood of my blood, is asking me to do right now. Okay, fine, we'll take a look. So I took a look at his okay Hooper profile, and I was like, well, maybe we don't mention booze five times in three paragraphs. <laughs> While also making your screen name crunked on a mountain. <laughs> That's just... <laughs> do you want a bro or a lady? What are you looking for right now? He started getting mad at me, and he was like, uh, don't, don't judge me. And I was like, okay, hold on, don't get mad. Like, I might not necessarily be the kind of person that you're looking for anyway. And he was like, yeah, don't worry. I would never want to date anybody like you. <laughs> Which, like, shouldn't have made me angry. But it kind of did. <laughs> because fuck you. Like, even with incest, you can still do worse than me. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I got on his face about it while we were sharing, like, an Applebee's two for 20. And then I stopped <laughs> and realized, wait a second. <laughs> you know, it's an awkward moment in your life when you stop and you realize that one of the main reasons that you and your brother never hooked up is because you're just not each other's types. <laughs> Real weird thing to be sharing appetizers over to realize. I, uh, I was listening to the radio. I was listening to NPR. I can say NPR at UCB. If you're from the Valley, I was listening to the radio uh, <laughs> the other day. And they were doing a story about um, how I guess the government is working on supplements to try to make our, our soldiers uh, sleep less and eat less while also making them stronger, which is terrifying and scary and wrong for a number of reasons. Number one, they're human beings. 
You know what I mean? But number two, uh, we're creating super soldiers. And super soldiers means super veterans, which means super homeless people. (laughs) And I don't need the guy outside of 7-Eleven to have laser vision. You know what I mean? I'm already scared enough as as is. I don't want to be outside of my favorite dive bar and a guy that looks exactly like Captain America is just like, give me all your money. I'm so hungry, but so strong. Oh no, just break everything in half. I don't want to be like running through, running around the reservoir and a guy just runs past me going, I can see all of time. And he can actually see all of time, you guys. How about we take care of our soldiers before we start trying to make them even stronger and crazier? Ugh. Here's a fun little sad game I like to play, you guys. I like to uh, see veterans on the side of the road and call them PTSD's nuts. <laughs> Saddest pun you'll hear the night. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, who hates their day job? Does anybody here hate the thing that pays the bills? Yeah, that's okay. I fucking hate mine. That's okay. What, what I do is not actually important because I think what my company is really doing is producing midlife crises and 20-somethings. That's what I think is actually happening at my day job. A couple weeks ago, there was a woman a couple cubicles down from me that was working on something, and then she stopped, pushed herself out into the aisle, and was like, somewhere over the rainbow. (laughs) And then she stopped, shook her head once, and then pulled herself back into her cubicle. (laughs) You guys understand, that song is about realizing my my life is black and white. I need to get some color up in this bitch. She got one line of it out, and then she was just like, no. The only rainbows in my life will be the ones that I work on the Excel sheets that mean nothing. Oh my God, it's so sad. A couple years ago, uh, six of the women that I work with got pregnant at the exact same time. Yeah. Really. And I, I don't want to be, I want to preface this joke. I'm not one of those people that like, oh, you have a baby, your world's over. No. To me, there are two kinds of people that have children, though. The kind of people that have worked on themselves, their partners worked on them, together and separately. Like, together, they're like, you know what? We're going to give this kid a better life than their parents gave us. God bless you. You guys have as many kids as you want. But then there's the kind of people, <laughs> category two pregnant women, the people that I work with that have babies, they can just trap something into loving them for the rest of their lives. <laughs> just like, I need something to do on a Tuesday night, American Idol's off the air, make a baby, that'll love me forever. That's gonna be the saddest little league in like five years from now. Oh man. But like the worst part about them all getting pregnant was they had like a joint baby shower during office hours. Just bullshit for a number of reasons. Number one, I'm not friends with anybody I work with. And number two, uh, I have a thing that gets me through my weeks called Chipotle Thursdays. <laughs> Anybody else? Barbacoa burrito bowl? All the sour cream and guacamole because I don't give a fuck. <laughs> Gets you over the hump into Friday, Saturday, Sunday, then we just do it all again until we die. Uh, <laughs> didn't get in my, my barbacoa burrito bowl, so go to the baby shower. And then the worst part about that was nobody wanted to touch any of the food. There's a whole buffet of food set up. So I decided what I'm going to do is quit my day job. Quitting comedy. Sorry, guys. Starting my own business you can hire me, and I will come and be the first person to eat at your public function. <laughs> Fuck your food guilt. I'll show up and I'll be like, how many kinds of Doritos do you have? Only two. Don't worry, guys. I brought a third in a fanny pack. We got to take it care of. I'll then put them together, mix them up, Russian roulette style, and just pop in my mouth. Because it just all tastes like poison, you know what I mean? It's fine. 
I'll then take regular and double stuff Oreos apart, make a tiny little white ivory tower of diabetes, unhinge my jaw like a boa constrictor, and just shove them all inside at once. Never once mentioning a diet that I've gone off of for the night, because sometimes this is what a woman looks like. How about we all get the fuck over it? Yeah, thank you. Sometimes... A smattering of applause. You guys have uh, kind of validated the way I look. Thank you. I appreciate it. That works for me. Which I'm fine with. It's fine. There is like this weird moment. Like every, there, there are so many different kinds of women in the world, but there is one thing that kind of unites all of us where there is one day in every woman's life where you wake up and you realize that no matter what you do in this world, there will be at least three strange men that are going to masturbate to you at least once a week. That is a sad, weird truth that every woman faces in this world of all shapes and sizes and colors. Who is just like, you'll look, walking down the street and you'll make eye contact with a dude for like a second too long and you're like, oh no. <laughs> You've been put into a bank that you never wanted to be a member of. Like, I totally understand why, like, why do you think Britney Spears shaved her head? She was just like, stop thinking I'm attractive. I'm so, do you have any idea how many strange dicks that woman probably gets sent on Twitter on, like, a daily basis? But it doesn't work the other way around, you know what I mean? Like, literally nobody in this room has ever thought about Tom Hanks' dick. <laughs> Until, like, right now. <laughs> Let's all think long and hard about Tom Hanks' short and flaccid phallus, you know what I mean? Do you think it's big or do you think it's more of a Toy Story? <laughs> His balls are named Turner and Hooch. That, uh, that joke, by the way, is called Hank's Cranks in my notebook. <laughs> Makes me laugh. I, um, I get stressed out a lot because, you know, the world is unfair. And I went to go see a, a masseuse the other day and I asked her for a happy ending. And she was like, sorry, we all die alone and then our corpses shit themselves. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, guys. I'm Brandy Posey. Give her from Cameron Dustin. See you. Awesome. So uh, maybe I should start just go around and say your names real quick. Barbara Gray. Brandy Posey. Tess Barker. And we all just heard from you guys on the show. And you're also, mm -hmm. as a group, you do the Lady to Lady podcast, yep. which mm -hmm. is Gals Talking to Gals mm -hmm. about issues. Any yeah. and about humorous anything, really. issues, yeah. anything, yeah. just a chat show is my point. Yeah, yeah. Um, chat show, and then we always have like a, a guy guest come on yeah. at the end, like it's a weird character or something, and just yeah. kind of riff with him too. And yeah. I've done the show; it was very yeah. fun. Mm -hmm. And you guys are doing it live here at the UCB, yeah, um, which is very exciting. Also, one thing that I want—so the initial reason that I was thinking about trying to get you mm -hmm. guys all on the same show at once is because I wanted to do this little quick chat. Yeah, because I know you guys are already used to uh -oh. chatting to each other. <laughs> well, no. Yeah. Are we in trouble? You're, well, you're in terrible <laughs> trouble. <laughs> so there's been something going on on specifically on Facebook. Yeah. Um, that I believe, Brandy, you were the <laughs> I, impetus for. If I you want to just talk a, about it really quickly. I made a joke on Facebook that was basically along the lines of, hey, bookers that don't put women on your shows... Uh, you're going to start adding women to your lineups, otherwise you're going to get me fired at my day job because of all of the joke, all of the horrible words I say under my breath. It was like the the status, like kind of a joke, yeah. but not really a joke because... Yeah, well, yeah. 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 Sort of a joke. So yeah. then that was picked up by... Uh, by the this, newspaper, Joe Wagner. By this, <laughs> by this dude, uh, yeah. Joe Wagner, who mm -hmm. made it his personal mission to mm -hmm. comment on any invites going on. Uh, yeah. For shows where he didn't see At more than one, women. more than one woman, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. And 
I, I feel like it's like tapered off a little bit right now, but for a while it was happening all the time. It's a hot issue for a little bit. I'm wondering really about intense. that as a solution because every mm-hmm. year, like, or mm-hmm. every six months, it feels like it comes up. Yeah. Like, women mm-hmm. in comedy, where is our place? How yeah. do we make it better? And I'm just curious as to well, all of your guys' opinion about the solution that Joe. I'm very, one thing that makes, I'm very, I'm proud of Lady to Lady because not only do I think it's a funny show, but um, I'm really happy that we've, I think we all kind of have mm-hmm. the same philosophy of we just really think that the best thing to do is be funny and showcase and support other female comedians. And I think that's sort of the strongest statement that we can make about it. Because every three months, somebody's going to make some stupid comment or yeah. some booker is yeah. going to, yeah. some, some idiot's going to say something stupid. And I think the best <laughs> recourse that we have is just supporting other girls and doing the best work that we can. It, it definitely feels good when a guy, when like someone like Joe is like, oh, hey, by the way, when they kind of open people's eyes to that because mm-hmm. even I didn't think about it that much and then I was like oh he's right like there's not that many ch- you know when I look at my guys Brandy Posey one more time for her. hey we have one comic left on the show before we bring him up I just want to remind you guys to please subscribe rate and review uh, the podcast on, on iTunes are those of you that are seeing it live who's listening to the show at home is anybody clap it up if you're listening to the show at home awesome well those of you that haven't heard it yet, please uh, look up, put your hands together on iTunes and, and listen along with us. Also, guys, so excited about this final comic. We got, we got a, a great gentleman closing the show. This next comic is a, a male comic. Um, <laughs> but he's still funny. <laughs> I want you to listen to him. He just taped a Comedy Central half hour. Let's hear it right now from Mr. Sean Patton, guys. Get over, Sean! It's all right. He's a good man. What a show, huh? What a show. A lot of foul mouth, like a lot of foul language up here. A lot of hoo-ha talk. A lot of F-bombs. You're expecting that from me? You're going to be disappointed. I don't do that. I do a family act. I work clean, okay? That's the challenge in comedy. I work clean, ma'am, okay? I got a rule. You can't say it in front of Grandma or little Gino. You can't say that joke. I work clean, okay? Can't handle some, some clean humor, UCB. You can get the flock right out of Dodge, okay? It's right down that hall, Buster Brown. Okay? We'll do some clean humor, okay? What do you guys think about the Blumpkin, huh? It's a wild time, isn't it? What's going on there? Maybe some of you don't know what the Blumpkin is. You know, it's, that's when the lady... Gives the man a BJ while she's taking a poop. That's about that, huh? Don't shoot the messenger. I'm just telling you what your kids are going to be getting into, okay? Some terrifying... I got it backwards, don't I? Sorry. It's when, the, it's when the lady gives the man the BJ while he's taking the poop. Whoa, huh? What? Come on. I'd rather, I'd, I'd rather it the other way. I'd rather get the BJ while she's taking the poop. Because the, then we're both vulnerable. 
We're both vulnerable. No one's got the upper hand. You get the B, you give a BJ while your mam's pooping. Your, your ma'am or your ma'am, whatever it is. That one's called the blumpkin. We've established that. You get the BJ while she's pooping. That's called love. And just like love, it smells terrible. You want out the whole time? <laughs> Fuck out of my way. You remember those things that dudes would dude out about? Like Maxim dudes? Like, yo, bro, did you ever give a girl the dirty Sanchez? You ever give a girl... It's when you rub black tar heroin on her lip, deport her to Mexico. It's not that exactly. But it's equally as filthy. Remember those things that no one has ever actually done to a human being? Because you wouldn't be, like, out walking the street if you actually did some of these things. But, yo, bro, you ever give a girl an FDR? You ever give a girl an FDR? Turn your fucking her from behind. Then you pull out, drop your elbow into her spine, put her in a wheelchair, and elect her to office for a third term. <laughs> fucking right, dude. FDR, that shit. Yeah, hey, hey, you ever give a girl a Hindenburg? You ever give a girl a Hindenburg? Turn your fucking a girl. And you pull out, slip a block of C4 inside of her, right? And then you take her skydiving, and you fucking detonate her, dude. You detonate her over New Jersey. <laughs> what are you doing with C4? Why do you have C4? <laughs> no one does those things. Why would you say those things out loud? <clears throat> when I used to hear bros broing out over that sort of thing, I used to roll up and just be like, yo, what's up, dudes? You guys ever give a girl the romantic? You ever romantic a bitch? That's when you undress her slowly, make eye contact the whole time. And then you lay her down on a bed, preferably of satin, silk if you can. And then you go down on her. And no, she doesn't return the favor because it's not about you this time. Then you square up and you ask, permission to enter? And she'll say yes because that's cute. And then you make slow, sweet, passionate love. Close your eyes. You don't need them anymore. You can see her with your soul. And then right at the point of climax, open them eyes up again. Reestablish that eye contact. Orgasm together. Then fall asleep holding one another. <laughs> and then you drown her in your cum! You drown her in cum! You had a 20-gallon tank of cum above the bed! It was well camouflaged! She didn't see it full of cum! been there for 10 years. You've been filling it with cum for 10 years. 10-year-old cum. You've thrown encyclopedias in there over the years. So the cum learned to read. Became self-aware. It's nerd cum. Drowned in nerd cum. <laughs> Am I going to end up like that guy if I keep talking about these things? We are so fucking fat. Do you realize that? God, I just threw that out there. We're so fat anyway. Like, you know, it's like I see, I walk around confidently because I'm a confident soul. 
And then I'll catch like a, like a I'll catch myself in a reflection in a mirror. I'm like, oh, never mind. I'm a fat fuck. <laughs> like my reflection almost jumps out at me. Like, hello, I just finished eating a whole plate full of deep fried quail. I'm off to have some chocolate covered butter sticks. <laughs> By the way, if you are fat enough, it's okay to speak in a British accent, even if you aren't British. You actually should. The American accent is flat. Fat people in America are boring and lame and morose. But the British accent's whimsical, and you, you can bump around like this. You'll actually burn calories being British. I, wanna, I, I feel like if I weren't a comic, I would be such a great MMA fighter. <laughs> Just because I, I got that underdog mentality, you know what I'm saying? I'd be the best. I'd fuck everybody up. Opponents would fear me. They'd tap out before the round even started. And once I was champion, I would just cover my body in like the sissiest tattoos and talk about them nonstop. Before matches, like, oh yeah? What, these butterfly wings on my back? What do they mean? Well, what's a butterfly? It's a creature that at one point had to tear its way out of a caterpillar, man. Much like I've had to tear my way through many opponents over the years. Which, if you lined up in a row, would have as many legs as a caterpillar. It represents my journey. Oh, what, these cupcakes on my chest? These cupcakes on my chest? Well, cupcakes are full of sugar. Sugar causes diabetes. Diabetes is deadly, like me. These represent how deadly I am. Oh, what, this dick on my bicep? What's more macho than a bicep? A dick on a bicep. What's more macho than a bicep on a dick? Or a dick on a bicep? Two biceps, two dicks. What's more macho than two biceps, two dicks? Kissing them bicep dicks. Before a... What's not macho at all? Homophobia. That was me gagging on my bicep dick for you listeners at home. Well, got to get off stage and, you know, you want to get off stage in a thunderous way. You want to crack the goddamn room in half sometimes, but you can't always do that. Because I don't want this to end. Why has this got to be over just because I'm not on stage anymore? We're all one. We're all one people. You take me home with you. I'll take you home with me. I'm there with you. You're there with me. You know what I'm saying? We're connected and shit. We're connected in a way where I know you forgive me if I don't have a punch to this riff I'm on right now. I'm just kind of going with it, see where it goes. And sometimes it doesn't go anywhere. You got to hang out, wait for the next one to come along. But my riffs come with free transfers. Thank you guys very much. Good night. Cameron Esposito, ladies and gentlemen. Let's hear one more time for Sean. Keep it going for everybody you saw tonight. We're here every Tuesday. Come back and see us or follow us on Twitter at PYHT Show. I'm Cameron Esposito. Have a great night, guys. Thank you so much. Put your hands together. 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 Put your hands together, get ready to laugh with your hands together.
Put your hands together. Get ready to clap. Put your hands together. Put your hands together. This is Arnie Niekamp from the Improv Fantasy Podcast, Hello from the Magic Tavern. I fell through a dimensional portal behind a Burger King in Chicago into the magical land of Foon, and I started a podcast. Season three has just begun with a brand new adventure to defeat the Dark Lord. If you're a new listener or you've fallen behind, season three is a great jumping on point. And we've got great guests like Justin McElroy. I sound like a fancy college professor. Fake nuts. <laughs> Rachel Bloom. You all see my collection of men corpses and one woman. Felicia Day and Colton Dunn. You've seen <coughs> me have intercourse with a variety of species. It's a bummer. Andy Daly. You have the members of Genesis listed, but Phil Collins yeah. has crossed out and then circled and crossed out again. Ah, uh, yes. I have killed Phil Collins twice. Thomas Middleditch. <laughs> Oh, Jesus! I mean, Jazos! <laughs> ruler of the Eighth Circle! And that's just the beginning. Season three of Hello from the Magic Tavern is out now. Listen in Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.